0: If you're a politics junkie, you need to be listening to the Election Ride Home podcast. Every day at 5 p.m., former This American Life contributor Chris Higgins reports from the campaign trail. Who's up? Who's down? What issues are getting traction and what do the polls say? Search your podcast app now for Ride Home and subscribe to the Election Ride Home podcast.
1: I'm about to tell you something more terrifying than anything I've ever shared on Weird Darkness. Someone in your family could, right now, be playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette. Five people every hour die of a drug overdose, ten per hour from alcohol abuse. If someone you know suffers from depression, they might be using without you even knowing it. Don't find out too late. If you even suspect they might be using, call and learn what you can do to help them escape the dark. Call one 800 273 8255 That's one eight hundred. 8255 With the FMLA, that person can even take a leave of absence from their job to get help and keep their job so they can return to it – 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. Stories and content in Weird Darkness can be disturbing for some listeners and is intended for mature audiences only.
0: Parental discretion is strongly
1: advised. Welcome, Weirdos! This is Weird Darkness. I'm Darren Marlar. Welcome to a Creepypasta edition of Weird Darkness. Here you'll find stories of the paranormal, supernatural, legends, lore, mysterious, macabre, unsolved and unexplained. If you have a dark tale for me to tell, fact or fiction, you can share it with me at WeirdDarkness.com. And if you're new here, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Since today is Friday, I would normally be doing a normal Weird Darkness, but because yesterday was Thursday and I missed it, and I know so many of you do like the Creepypastas, we're going to move Creepypasta Thursday to Friday. At least for today. Coming up in this episode of Weird Darkness… we have a story by Thaddeus James called Dead Arm. And then a story with a very strange title, Mr. Banana. It doesn't sound creepy at all, but the story definitely is. It's written by R. K. Gorman. So bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn off your lights, and come with me into the Weird Darkness. I've been completely clean for about two years now, and I owe it all to the last drug I ever took. It apparently goes by many names, and it's not easy to get your hands on it. The people who use it only give it to close friends or people who they mean to do harm. Nothing can prepare you for the experience, not even smack. Myself? I did dead-arm when I was a senior in college. Finals were getting rough. I had a group of buddies that I took things with. Not exactly the type of friends your parents hope you'll make. None were students like me. Just townies, all different ages, from 17 to almost 60. None of us were alike in any way, except for the one thing we had in common. What we were putting in our bodies. We'd veg out, high as kites, escaping the world, escaping our problems. The more pressure I felt in my normal life, the more I turned to smack to help me through it. I would never even associate with these other folks before I started using, but they were slowly becoming my only friends. There was this one dude whose house we went to that we only knew as Moses. He had a two-bedroom apartment, but somehow we fit almost 15 of us in there to chill at parties that he threw. I hardly ever spoke to Moses, but he took a liking to me for some reason. He'd share some of his extra potent stuff with me. At times, buy me pizza and beer, and generally just acted cool. He must have been 40-something, but never had a stick up his butt for anything. Very laid back. One day I hit up Moses after failing a final and asked him if he was having a get-together that night. He texted back, no. So I started making plans with other people. Like ten minutes later, he texts me again. Actually, yeah, he texted back, but can you just come? Don't bring anyone else. Naturally, I head over to his place because I want to get messed up, regardless of who else is there. I knocked on his apartment door and he let me in. The place was empty. Whoa, man, where is everybody? I asked. Moses looked at me seriously, a look I'd hardly seen on his face before. Hey, listen, you've been pretty chill and level-headed at my parties and I want to offer you something. I'm going to this dude Ted's house tonight. He's got some of this new crap that he's super exclusive with. He's down for you to tag along, but you have to really keep it on the down low. You in? What's it that he's got, exactly? I, it's just, well, you'll see, but trust me, it's out of this world. Yen? Are you serious? You might as well have just described a Thanksgiving feast to a starving man. Ten minutes later, we had arrived at Ted's apartment complex. It was the dingiest hole I had ever seen. Trash was lying around the front of the building. Broken glass scattered about. The place just had a certain stank to it. Although I wanted to leave, my itch to get high was stronger. We went up to the third floor, where Ted's apartment was. Moses had a brief conversation with whoever opened the door before we were let in, assuring him I was cool. Ted's apartment was even more disgusting than the rest of the building. Almost no furniture, just dirty blankets and towels thrown on the floor with like ten people laying around on them, still as corpses. In the corner, someone was having sex with another person who looked barely conscious. All of them were moaning in such a bizarre way, almost like a death rattle from The Grudge, but a lot louder. It was freaking the crap out of me, but I figured I wouldn't care about it at all soon enough. The doorman came to me and Moses. You guys ready? You know the deal, it's 150 for a hit. I got it covered. Moses said, pulling out a small wad of cash. He gestured to me. It's this kid's first time doing dead arm. Get him first. He handed the cash over, and the doorman grunted in approval. He took a belt off the only table in the place, and from its drawer, he conjured a syringe. It looked to be full of a brown substance that looked to me like liquid dirt. He wrapped the belt tight around my arm. Moses made conversation as the doorman got the needle ready. ''Where's Ted at?'' he asked. The doorman replied, ''In his room. Don't bug him!'' ''Fair enough. No bend tonight. ''Nope. Remember what happened to his arm last week? He's too embarrassed to be seen like that, I guess.'' ''Should've just cut it off.'' ''No doubt, brother.'' The doorman approached me with the needle nodded at him and he stuck it into one of the protruding veins in my arm. I watched the brown liquid leave the syringe and make its way into the bloodstream. As soon as the needle was out, I immediately and unwillingly dropped to the floor. My knees just stopped working. Everything stopped working. I couldn't move my head, arms, legs. Even my mouth was hanging open. Completely numb, completely paralyzed my head started ringing terribly. It was terrifying. I started to try and call out, but all I could do was moan. And I realized with a jolt that the noise I was making was not at all unlike the noises everyone else in this room was making. Then suddenly the ringing in my head stopped and was replaced with such a deep relaxation that I cannot even describe to you through words it was unlike anything I had ever felt. Almost otherworldly carelessness. My paralysis suddenly did not matter. My finals did not matter. Nothing mattered. My muscles felt like they were being lightly tugged in every direction. It felt like my body was dissolving into a puddle onto the floor, and it was incredible." Not long after, I saw Moses fall to the floor by my side. The doorman stepped over us both and put the syringes he had used on us away. Then he went back to standing by the door, playing on his cell phone. An hour passed. Nothing but pure bliss and silence. Apart from the moaning and the humping in the back room. Soon, though, that ladder noise stopped and suddenly this bare-naked dude was standing above me, the guy who was doing the banging. He crouched down to me, this hungry look in his eyes. I didn't care. I couldn't care. All that mattered was that I was lying down, with my muscles being deliciously pulled by whatever this stuff was in my veins. Unable to move, unable to think, only existing at a bare minimum. The naked stranger started whispering something to himself and licking his lips He got closer to me, his face mere centimeters from mine. ''Hey!'' the doorman yelled. The naked stranger was yanked off of me and thrown into the apartment wall. The doorman raised a fist to him threateningly. ''What do you think you're doing? You paid for that one in the back, not this one!'' ''Come on, man, let me have this!'' the naked man screamed. ''Is this going to be a problem? Do I have to bring Ted in here?'' I heard the naked man whimper in fear. He shook his head, hustled to grab his clothes, and then ran out of the apartment with them. And still, I was on the floor, without a care in the world, almost raped by a stranger, and I couldn't be bothered to give the slightest care. I lay there for another hour. Slowly, I felt myself coming back down to earth a bit. Although I still couldn't move or think straight, I started becoming a bit more aware. I wondered how long I'd be like this. I wasn't worried about it, it was just genuine curiosity. I also started to ponder about where this dead arm stuff could have possibly come from and what was in it. Call it my inner conscience, call it God, or call it voices in my head, but something answered my bemusement. Don't worry about where I'm from just keep yourself still. You belong to me right now." I could live with that. Another hour gone by. Discomfort started coming into my lower back. I still couldn't move, but it was a bit of a relief knowing that my body was starting to respond to the things around it. Heck, even the relief itself was a relief. Some of the other people around me who were on dead arm started to come out of it and stumble out of the apartment, thanked the doorman as they passed. By then, it was like 2 a.m. At probably around 2.30, the doorman got off his phone and went out of my sight. I heard him knock on a door, most likely to one of the bedrooms, and call out, ''Yo, Ted! I'm out, man. You still got six or seven out there, so just a heads up!'' Although I could hear the noises in response, I couldn't exactly tell what was being said. The doorman spoke again. Yeah, all right, man. Have a good night. The doorman came back into my view, stepped over me, and walked out of the apartment. Another hour passed when I heard one of the doors in the back open. At the same time, someone came walking out. One of the people who had been high on the floor started coming too, a woman. I heard her say to someone softly, Oh, hey, Ted. Thanks for the hit. Do you think you could help me to the door? My legs are still a little numb. The noise that replied almost completely killed my high. It was a mix between a scream and a wet gurgle. If I had heard it a couple hours ago, I wouldn't have cared, but I could feel myself coming down, and I was suddenly absolutely terrified, but still couldn't move two pairs of feet started making their way towards the door. One after another, two people came into my line of sight. The first was a 30-something blonde woman. She was stumbling a bit, using the wall as support before making her way out the door. couldn't recall exactly what she looked like. But the second person I will remember until the day I die. He was a man, but unlike any person I have ever seen before or since. His body looked like it had been stretched, pulled every which way like elastic. His arms were so long that his fingertips were touching the floor. His jaw was so wide open that the entirety of his mouth had to be at least a foot long and it was full of jagged, broken and yellow teeth. The skin under his beady eyes was black and sunken. The hair on his head was grown in uneven patches brown patches were all over his face, arms, and legs, and they were disgustingly leaking a similar colored liquid onto the floor. looked quite a lot like dead arm. This man was practically inhuman. Nobody in the human race, regardless of our breakthroughs in cosmetics, looked like that or was ever supposed to look like that. It was a monster standing over me, and even still, I could not move. All I could do was scream, and even then, not very loudly. When I did, the wet, beady eyes of the monster person looked down at me. The thing's head cocked slightly and a look of confusion came over its face, as if it couldn't understand why I was screaming at the sight of it. It shook its head and walked out of my view, which terrified me more I didn't want to look at it, but I also didn't want to be unaware of what or where it was. My mind was racing, furiously wondering what I should do if maybe somehow I could roll myself to the door. No. No, just relax. You belong to me for now, remember? It's not so bad. Just look at Ted. That thing was Ted? I tried to fight the overwhelming urge to just lay there but found myself just as helpless as before. The straining to move at least one of my muscles was fruitless and started paining me greatly. Suddenly, my muscles weren't relaxed. They were flaring up. It hurt so badly, I didn't even scream. I just passed out from the pain. When I woke up, I was myself again, and I immediately started screaming as the memory of what went down last night came rushing back to me. Moses, who looked like he had just woken up himself, was crouching next to me instantly. Dude, get a hold of yourself, he yelled. Relax! I told him everything that had happened, from the naked stranger to the voices I heard after taking the dead arm and the oozing monster that had come out of the back room. Throughout my explanation, Moses' face fell. He said in a low voice, You need to leave right now. Ted's insecure enough as it is, and you're not going to help by calling him a monster. Thankfully for you, he's asleep right now. What the hell, dude? He was stretched out. He didn't even look like a person. Side effect of the dead arm, man. Ted knows how to party. Are you telling me that, that I could we could end up like that if we keep using this stuff? Dude, don't you remember how good it felt? are you telling me it's not worth it? By the time he finished his sentence, I was already out the door. I got out of the apartment complex and turned my head. From one of the windows on the third floor, I saw a glimpse of Ted, the monster person, staring down at me with those tiny eyes, the impossibly wide jaw still agape in a permanent state of relaxation. I screamed and sprinted away. I I couldn't help it ever since that night, I refused to touch another substance. I never spoke with Moses or the old crew again, and I never even once walked near Ted's house. Not long after my night there, he was gone, and I never got the invite to come back, and part of me was glad. He is what I was afraid of the most. Because I know, someday, I'm going to end up just like him." I'm off drugs now because nothing can compare to dead arm. Nothing at all. I'll find it again, and I will use it. This is one addiction that no amount of rehab can help. The relaxing helplessness. The stillness of the mind. Oh, and that soothing voice, too. I hear it even today, all the time, whispering to me. You're still mine, and I know you'll come back. Before we continue, I do want you to know that if you are struggling with some type of addiction, be it alcohol or drugs, or maybe you're depressed, contemplating suicide, there is a phone number that you can call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, toll-free. It's 800- 273 8255 That's 800 273 8255 Please get help you're not alone Coming up next on Weird Darkness it is our second of two creepy pastas in this episode and though the title may not sound creepy itself the story certainly is Mr. Banana is up next on Weird Darkness
0: Private healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is $35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-597-6580. That's 800-597-6580. 800-597-6580. You know I'm already a fan of MyPillow,
1: and I recently got a MyPillow mattress topper, which has made a huge difference in my comfort each night. When I ordered mine, I also ordered another mattress topper for my bride. She sleeps in a separate bedroom because I snore and move around too much. But instead of using the MyPillow mattress topper on her own bed, she decided to let her best friend try it out. You see, her best friend had a stroke recently, and she is now forced to be bedridden. Well, The day after she put on the MyPillow mattress topper, her best friend told her, and I quote, "...you aren't getting this back." <laughs> So, of course, we are letting her keep it. And now's the perfect time to try MyPillow, if you never have before. They're offering four pillows at once – two premium and two go-anywhere pillows, all together for one low price. And you can get free shipping if you use the promo code WEIRD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, and enter the promo code WEIRD to get free shipping. we had been doing civics for the past month. I was teaching second grade at Witherspoon Elementary, struggling to teach the meaning of Gettysburg and the Battle of Princeton to a bunch of eight-year-olds, especially without giving a diatribe over the evils of slavery and making them bring that crap home to their parents. One day I was stuttering through a lesson on a states' rights speech by Jefferson Davis when suddenly Jimmy blurted out, "...Mr. Johnson, you look like a banana!" The other kids laughed their asses off, latching on to the joke immediately. Yeah, a big fat banana! A big fat stinking banana! Alright, alright, I know my clothes are a little bit funny. I was wearing a yellow Ralph Lauren button-down and some bright mustard khakis. Brown shoes, too. The stem of the banana, I guess. Just for today, you can call me Mr. Banana, I said. The kids exploded after that. We didn't accomplish much for the rest of the day, but I wondered if this whole Mr. Banana business might actually be good for them. On the way home, I decided to buy some stuff from Green Street – a couple of yellow button-downs, some yellow ties, a few pair of pants. I signed the receipt, Mr. Banana. The cashier didn't even notice, but I chuckled as I walked out the door. Walking down Nassau, I had a sudden craving for banana bread so I went to the Wawa and bought some ingredients. Figured I could bake one for myself and then one for the kids. When I got home, I mixed up the ingredients, put the two loaves in the oven, and then I pulled up an old episode of Sesame Street on YouTube. I was thinking a lot about the color yellow, I guess, but it had never occurred to me how magnetic Big Bird was – that lovable behemoth always brightening everybody's mood. There's this one episode where he goes to school for the first time and he tries to take his desk from the classroom because the teacher said it was his. His desk. I laughed thinking about having a giant bird in my classroom. Everything would probably go completely off the rails. Anyway, once the banana bread was done, I sliced myself a big piece, squirting a little whipped cream on top. It was good, but tasted a little strange. So I figured I'd change up the recipe and made another batch. So the next day I came into school in full yellow garb: a pineapple tie, some pastel pants, even an old pair of shoes that I spray-painted yellow. Once the kids sat down, we went through our daily salutation with a slight twist. Good morning, class! Good morning, Mr. Banana! And every kid got a piece of banana bread wrapped in plastic. Between the gluten and walnut and eggs, I probably would have been sued if a single crumb fell on the floor. Somehow, we made some headway on the Civil War that day. I showed them segments from a documentary about Abraham Lincoln, and they actually sat still, fumbling the banana bread in their hands. I started getting emails from parents a few days later. Mr. Johnson, Alice absolutely loves your class. She said you're the funniest teacher she's ever had. Keep up the good work. Signed, Mrs. Goldman. It was nice to get that approval, like I was actually doing something important. (laughs) Maybe these kids would even remember some of the stuff I taught them. So I started to go all out, bringing in yellow streamers to hang across the classroom, typing up the weekly newsletter with a banana-themed border, taking showers with L'Oreal Banana Blast shampoo. I spent hours on Google just so I could do a banana fact of the day for the kids. Turns out the scientific name for banana is Musa Sepientium, which means fruit of the wise men. <laughs> Go figure. Well, I decided I'd bring in a banana bread every Monday – something for the kids to look forward to at the beginning of the week. I added a few sprinkles of cinnamon to the second batch, but the batter still didn't taste right to me. I figured a few strands of my banana-infused hair might do the trick, so I chopped off a few stragglers from the back of my neck and sautéed them in some olive oil. The batter had a slight punch after that. Definitely an improvement. I met with Principal Dole the next morning. Felt a little ridiculous going to a meeting in a neon-yellow Jerry Garcia, but he didn't seem to mind you know, Mr. Johnson, I've received a lot of positive feedback about your whole fruit-themed initiative. Seems to really keep the kids focused. Well, Anything to improve those test scores, right? Hey, if it works, it works. Keep it up, and you might find yourself tenured in a few years. I'm just happy to get through to these kids, sir. It was almost June, and the mosquitoes were starting to come out. Turns out banana peels are a pretty good cure for mosquito bites. I asked anybody in class if they wanted to volunteer. Jimmy had a big nasty bite on his arm already and he wiped the peel all over his arms right there in front of the class on his face too. So how's that feel, Jimmy? Really cool, Mr. Banana! Anybody else want to give it a try? Everyone in the class raised their hand. When I got home, I turned on a documentary about corruption in Chiquita Brands International. Apparently, they brought cocaine to Borneo on some of their ships. Treated the plantation workers like crap, too. I thought it'd be nice to write a letter to the company about my banana initiative. Figured they might like to know that their product was more than just a topping for oatmeal. I spent the whole night writing, and it turned into a few thousand words about my theories on elementary education. I didn't really think much of it, but I sent it with the subject, Bananas are more than just food. I sent it to the email address info at ChiquitaInternational.com. It'd probably be lost among all the stuff from angry customers, anyway. It didn't cross my mind again until that weekend, when I got a phone call on the treadmill at Planet Fitness. ***Mr. Johnson, this is Sophie from the Star Ledger. I just got an email from someone at Chiquita. Do you have a few minutes for an interview? Uh, ***Yeah, of course. I was on the cover that week. It was a photo of me, dressed in full yellow, pointing above the camera in the foreground with all the gate mouthed students behind me. Mr. Banana peels away the doubters, it said. The local CBS station stopped by the school for a segment, too. I watched my segment that Sunday. A few minutes of my awkward teaching voice, interspersed with interviews from me, Principal Dole, and a few parents. Apparently some of their elementary school teachers were starting to do it too. Mrs. Strawberry, Mr. Blueberry. I wondered if anybody else was doing the banana too. But Once the special was over, I went to work on my third batch of banana bread. I sprinkled the cinnamon, sautéed some of my neck hair, but the batter still tasted a little flat to me. I looked down at my hands. It occurred to me that my skin was starting to turn a little yellow probably all the bananas I'd been eating. I wondered if my skin had any of that flavor too. I grabbed the tweezers and plucked a thin piece from the tip of my thumb. It was a little salty, but definitely had a fruity taste to it. I figured I'd try it out in the batter, so I took a bowl and plucked some skin off all ten of my fingers. Then I mixed it in. Tasted great! That morning, people actually recognized me on the streets all those Princeton kids must watch the news. I couldn't make it more than a few steps down Washington without being stopped for a selfie or a congratulatory handshake. It was nice, actually. I never thought wearing silly clothes would make people like me so much. I threw up in the trash can when I walked in the classroom. Figured I had been eating way too much potassium. It was pure yellow, of course – that bright bile and banana mixture must have been churning in my stomach for days, I thought. I was there early, just so I wouldn't have to engage in that jealous, snarky small talk with other teachers. So you're some sort of teaching genius, huh? I wrote the banana fact of the day on the blackboard, then sat at my desk, shaking, waiting for the kids to arrive. I handed out the rations of banana bread after the Pledge of Allegiance. I wondered if the kids would eat it if they knew that they were eating a piece of me. Figured I should keep that a secret, at least for the time being. Plus, it was my best batch yet. They didn't need to know how it was made. That night I got another email from Mrs. Goldman. Good evening, Mr. Johnson. Congratulations on your 15 minutes. Alice just loves the idea that her teacher is famous. We really appreciate all of your effort especially baking for the kids every week. Just a heads up, Alice found a hair in her banana bread this evening. ***Make sure you're keeping things clean at home. We don't want her to get sick and miss out on class. Signed, Mrs. Goldman. I went to the bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror. Still dressed in my work clothes, it occurred to me that I was really starting to look like a banana. I gelled the top of my hair into a curved, pointed stem and turned sideways, arching my back. For a second there, my face in the mirror disappeared. It was perfectly smooth, perfectly curved, perfectly ripe. I almost cried, thinking about changing into my pajamas. Instead of a delicious, yellowish pulp, I was just a freckled, overweight sack of blood and bones. I peeled off my clothes and walked into the kitchen. Just to make sure, I took a kitchen knife and made a small incision on my forearm. The blood immediately oozed out and dark purple sludge began to drip onto the floor. I sliced the other arm to the same result, then sat down, watching the blood sputter angrily onto my thighs. I woke up a few hours later, shivering, caked in a brown metallic crust. I ate some breakfast, took a shower, then put on my full yellow outfit. Figured I should wear long sleeves for the next few days. On Friday, the students performed a little play about Appomattox Courthouse. Sitting in the back of the classroom, I wiped my eyes and typed an inquiry into Google. Did the Confederate soldiers eat bananas? I spent the weekend at home, lights off, watching the same episode of Sesame Street on repeat. Big Bird yanking, yanking on the desk, the nails screeching from the force. You said it was mine! You said it was mine! On Sunday night, I chopped off my left pinky and fried it in the skillet. I sliced it into tiny pieces and mixed it into the batter. The banana bread came out darker than usual, a little savory but still delicious. I wrapped my left hand in gauze and went to bed. I woke up late the next morning, only had a few minutes to get ready. I slid into an average Joe's t-shirt and a pair of yellow khakis, stuffed the banana bread into my backpack, and walked out the door. The kids stared at me warily as they walked into the classroom. Once they sat down, Jimmy raised his hand. Yes? Mr. Banana, what happened to your hand? Oh, this. Just a little accident. Nothing to worry about. I held up my hand for the whole class to see. Were you climbing a tree? No, Jimmy, just an accident in the kitchen. What are those scratches on your arms? I looked down. My forearms were crusty with blood. must have opened up the cuts again somehow, I hadn't showered in days. Don't worry, kids, let me run to the bathroom and clean up. I rushed out of the classroom into the bathroom across the hall. I took the gauze off my left hand and then I pounded my fist against the hand dryer until every bone shattered. I woke up to the sound of a faint whisper behind me. I stood up and turned around. It was a banana, slightly bruised but a beautiful shade of yellow with sharp lines protruding from the stem. He turned sideways, revealing his perfect curvature it flashed me a big smile. I walked toward him closer and closer until my nose was inches from the glass. Then he reached up and grabbed the top of his stem, stretching it sharply to one side. Slowly he pulled it apart, revealing that incredible white flesh inside, radiating, breathing, beautiful. So I did the same, dragging my fingernails down my scalp, carving into my bones The fresh, airy pulp coated my forearms, and clumps of yellow shrapnel fluttered to my feet. Then I was naked for the first time, staring into my own eyes, my own flesh, panting, finally believing that I was something more. I pressed my lips against the glass, a cool breeze rushed to my core. Then. I was gone. Do you have a dark tale to tell? Share your story at WeirdDarkness.com and I might use it in a future episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And If you're listening on YouTube, please click that like button and be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you don't miss future episodes. And if you consider yourself a part of the Weirdo family, please share this podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers and suggest they subscribe. Doing so benefits me by benefiting sponsors. And please check out those businesses who are supporting the podcast. Visit the sponsors page at WeirdDarkness.com. If you'd like to support the show even more, you can become a patron for as little as $1 per month. All patrons, at any giving level, get my Daily Dose of Weird News podcast a full day before it's posted to the public. Patrons giving $5 per month or more become official weirdos and get commercial-free versions of every Weird Darkness episode I post. Patrons at the $10 per month level or higher get more exclusive content such as chapters of books that I'm narrating into audiobooks as I record them, often weeks or months before they ever hit retail or online stores. Learn more on the Become a Patron page at WeirdDarkness.com. Also on the website, you can find Weird Darkness on Facebook and Twitter, along with my personal Facebook and Twitter. You can read creepy stories or watch eerie videos I find online, and join the Weirdos of Marlar House Facebook group, it's for anybody who's a fan of the podcast, and you can post memes, communicate with other Weirdos, and anything else. It's an online playground for you and me to play. Look for Weirdos of Marlar House on Facebook, or you can just click the link in the show notes. And if you want to contact me through email or send me something through postal mail, you can find my info on the contact page at WeirdDarkness.com. And if you listen via Apple Podcasts, that's iTunes, man, to leave a review, I might read your comments here in the podcast. I got a review from ShellBell62 in Apple Podcasts. She said, Love this podcast. What's more to say? If you like creepy stories with a bit of flair, then you're sure to become addicted to weird darkness. The host is a great storyteller, and the show really does make you want to turn off the lights, bolt the doors, and settle in for an awesome, if not weird, set of tales. And then another podcast review came in from Ashley, She says, keep up the great work. This podcast is a staple in my house. I love the consistency of the episodes, and the content is unbeatable. I could listen to Darren Marler's voice all day. The Bible verses at the end make me a bit uncomfortable, but I mean to each their own. My only suggestion would be if you want to end on a positive note, mix it up a bit. Mark Twain, Dalai Lama, the list is endless. All in all, love the show and totally recommend it. Ashley Gallant, and Oh, by the way, she's in Canada. So well, thank you, Ashley. I appreciate the uh, kind words and also the suggestion for the end of the show. Uh, if you may have noticed, I have begun adding thoughts other than Bible verses at the end of the podcast, but in addition to the verses, rather than instead of. So hopefully that's a nice balance, as uh, people will get one religious thought, and then they'll also get a non-religious thought at the end of each episode. Dead Arm was written by Thaddeus James. Mr. Banana was written by R. K. Gorman. Both stories can be found at creepypasta.com. Music in Weird Darkness comes from Midnight Syndicate, Shadows Symphony, and Audio Blocks. You can find links to all of them in the show notes. Weird Darkness is a registered trademark of Marler House Productions. Copyright Marler House Productions 2019. And now that we're coming out of the dark, I'll leave you with a little light. Psalm 22 verse 19. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. And a final thought. Many times what people need is not a brilliant mind that speaks, but a special heart that listens. I'm your creator and host, Darren Marlar. Thanks for joining me in the Weird Darkness. As busy as I am with this podcast and doing voiceovers, I can't afford to be without energy and focus. Well, fortunately, I found the solution dawn to dusk. And not only does it give me that quick jolt of energy that I need as I get started in my workday, but it lasts a full 10 hours. Your high-calorie energy drink is not going to last 10 hours. It's totally safe, no calories to count, no salt to worry about, just the energy and focus you need to get the job done – day in, day out. If you find yourself struggling each morning as you start your day, or if you find yourself dragging in the late afternoon, Dawn to Dusk is your solution. And You can try it for yourself at the sponsors page at WeirdDarkness.com. And you can save 10% off Dawn to Dusk and everything else on their website if you use the promo code WEIRD at checkout. That's WeirdDarkness.com. Click on the Sponsors page and use the promo code WEIRD to save 10%.